Hi, this is Steven with Burkhart Creative Agency with the Digital Hustle Show, and I'm super excited to bring to you um, this really cool person, a, a, a marketer, uh, deals with uh, content, does a great job, a phenomenal job of actually doing exactly what you say you should do because <laughs> you're posting videos constantly. So this is Krista, and I'd love for you to just share a little bit about what you do and just kind of like a little, little intro. Yes, hi, I'm Krista Fabric. Um, I did previously have an agency, but now it's just me, myself, and I, so I don't have a business name. Um, everything's in my name. I have been in marketing since 2003, so long before social media was really a thing, um, but I've evolved and grown with social media the, and I've been an avid user from almost day one. Um, I have worked with small businesses on my own for about seven years now. Mm -hmm. And I'm also a marketing professor who is working on my doctorate in business administration. And I'm currently working on my dissertation in social media. <laughs> so oh, wow. yeah, so that's a quick thing about who I am. That's awesome. Well, that's super awesome to have you on the show because that's obviously like super amazing. Um, I think that one thing that I hear, first of all, we're gonna go down a totally different road than some of the questions, because <laughs> I didn't know you had an agency, so that's really cool. Um, one thing that I hear a little bit when like other people, let's just say who it is, Gary Vee will complain about people who are like terrible at like basically continuing to pivot as um, the landscape and the platforms change for social media. Mm -hmm. So since you've been there since the beginning, since 2003, take us through like how, like what for you has been the experience of evolving as social media has changed, right? Because like, I know I remember when like Facebook, you had to be invited to be on it. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, I don't know if I ever get invited. And then it opened yeah. up and like, yeah, so it was like, even for me, it was like a weird transition. Cause like, I'm just old enough to be around like before computers and social right. media and phones were a thing and a little bit after. So I have experienced some of that, but you've been like more proactively like doing business things on it. Yeah. So I'd love to hear a little bit about how all that experience has been for you. Absolutely. So, um, you know, LinkedIn is actually the first social media platform. A lot of people don't know that. It started in 2003. I definitely did not. <laughs> I think I started my account maybe in 2006, so not quite an early adopter there, but it, nobody really knew what it was or had heard of it back then. Um, the first social media platform that I really became aware of and got to use for marketing purposes was Twitter. Back in yeah. 2007, um, I worked for the ad agency of record for Verizon Wireless. And Verizon, being the big, huge company that they were, yeah. um, and wanting to, they had huge, you know, marketing departments. Mar, they called them Marcom, Marketing Communications. They were always on top of it. They were like, okay, what's this Twitter thing? We're doing this VIP music tour. We're sponsoring Fergie and the Black Eyed Peas and blah blah. We need to be on Twitter. We need to talk to the young people on Twitter. Like, and Damn. so I actually got to work with the very first social media agency that ever existed um, in the U.S. because somebody had figured out what Twitter was and how to use it. Wow. And so we worked because I was in, and I I oversaw all of the music and youth sponsorship for the Western U.S. Okay. for Verizon Wireless way back then, and so I got to work with them and figure out how to how to do Twitter. And so Verizon was one of the first big brands to jump on Twitter um, in 2007, and so I think that was a great example for me early on learning that hey, you know, as soon as something pops, if you want to be on the cutting edge, if you want to reach you know the the younger people, which is something like. The, the music tour they wanted to, mm -hmm. you have to figure out what the social media thing is. Yeah. And so um, that was my first experience with using it for business purposes. Right. Um, and they, they, they tried to use it for the tour, didn't have a lot of success because obviously a lot of people didn't really know what Twitter was yet, right. uh, but they, they at least were there. And then they did start using it for customer service, which is 
what now all the big brands do, of course. Sure. Yeah. Um, so they they did that, and then back in two thousand and eight, when I started working for a boutique agency. Some of our small business clients were getting business accounts on MySpace. Right. <laughs> um, so I actually took the model after that. And when I had my event planning side business, I had a MySpace account for that. Sure. And people were learning about each other's businesses on MySpace from their business accounts. So, right. <laughs> um, so when I say I've been using it from the beginning, I, yes. I really have. But Facebook, yeah, you're right. It started as college only. You had to have a .edu email address. It had to be invite only. So I was past college age when that happened. Um, but my brother-in-law was in college right. at the time. And so he, he's the first one that told me about Facebook. And so I got on it pretty much shortly after it went available to the mainstream. Right. But I didn't start using Facebook for business for a long time because it really did start as truly a friend-to-friend, friend-to-family, family-to-family type right. thing. Um, but I, as soon as it started getting into more business stuff and personal branding stuff, I was all in on that too. So um, really, yeah, pivoting as you, you can't do it well and you can't help others do it and you can't teach others about it if you're not using it. Sure. And so that's a, you know, my kids even know like mommy's doing work on her phone. Like they know like me being on social media is part of my job. Like I can't teach it to college students or to entrepreneurs and I can't expect entrepreneurs or businesses to hire me to give advice on how to use social media for their business if I'm not using it. Right. Um, And so. (laughs) Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I think that like, how should I ask this? I mean, why do you think you have been so like proactive with it and you feel like when I hear stories about other businesses, they seem kind of like resistant to that constant change. Like why do you, why do you think you've been so gung ho and like continue to like roll with the changes? Yeah. So that's what one reason why a lot of people don't necessarily like trying to use social media either for themselves or their businesses yet because of the constant change. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for me is I, as since I'm getting my doctorate, I do, yeah. I love learning. Yeah. And so I actually enjoy the challenge of, you know, keeping up with the trends. Like literally sitting outside, I was reading my, I get all the email newsletters. I was just reading an article about, you know, the coronavirus and Corona actually. Right. <laughs> um, but you know, how Corona is losing sales because people actually think they're related. But, right. but I'm always, every day I have, you know, I'm reading either on social media or in my email newsletters, what's going on. Right. So I think that's just part of my personality, but mm-hmm. I know it can get really overwhelming sure. for people to try and keep up with the change, which is why people hire me because I, I simplify it for them. I sure. say, forget all the noise, this, just do this, you know, and things like that. Cause there's certain things that no matter what the platform is, no matter what the algorithm is doing, no matter what is going on, or, there are certain principles that stay true. Sure. So, so I guess more of like a, a functional question for you then um, is since you've been on the cutting edge of these different platforms, how have you, or have you even had questions about how to justify the ROI of investing time, even if it's not a bunch of money? Like let's say you're just investing a lot of time posting mm-hmm. on Instagram, but you're not spending money on Instagram ads per se, right? So you're still in doing an investment, yes, but it's with your time, which yes. for small business owners, people like... That time is super valuable. Yes. So before, you know, um, now we have all these tools to like do metrics for these different things. That wasn't always the case. Certainly yeah. for new platforms, that isn't the case. How did you like communicate that value to people when like a platform was new? Right. Well, Cause like TikTok's new and I don't yes. know, like 
I don't know how, if there is even metrics for that other than just like, oh, I got a lot of likes. Yeah, no, there's metrics for TikTok okay. as well. And TikTok, <clears throat> I wish I could spend more time being on TikTok right now because right. that's the organic reach right there is right now is insane. But it's not for the right person. Like for me, I could use my college professor persona and I could potentially get these college students who are interested in becoming entrepreneurs because that's right. so popular now who could eventually become a client of mine, right? So mm -hmm. that's, for me, it would be, an, there would be a, a positive reason to do it, but it's not for everybody. Um, <clears throat> but where I bring it to back to the business owner, I say, okay, how are you getting leads now? How are you getting clients now? Mm -hmm. Remember when you had to knock on, go door to door as a realtor? Or remember if you were, you know, you were a lawyer and you maybe had to make cold calls or whatever, yeah. whatever your business is, think about without social media, how do you get leads? Did you spend time going to networking events? Did you, you know, did you pay for ads? Did you, the door knocking, the phone, the cold calls, because I yeah. started my career in sales. So I used to, to do 100, 100 cold calls a day, you know? Ew. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I, I did B2B sales. I used to, yeah. I sold both um, real estate software for First America, and then I sold cell phones for Nextel. Dang. Um, you know, 50 to 100 lines. And so, but think about that. So now the new version of that and built, building brand awareness and generating leads can be social media. Not saying right. it works for everybody, every industry, not saying it's the same. Sure. But that was there an ROI on, you know, on networking events? Not necessarily, unless you signed one client, right? Right. And then an ROI on cold calls. Yeah, you, you made a hundred calls, you got three appointments and you closed one deal out of those three appointments. Well, maybe you spend that same amount of time on generating, you know, your content and sharing it mm -hmm. and building community on Instagram. Right. And you get one client, right? So that's, so there, it might not be a, you know, an exact equation, but you have to think about how are you getting clients now? How are you right. getting leads now? How are you building brand awareness now? And then compare it to the time and the money you spend on social media. True. Yeah, I always think it's funny, like, um, people, some people I think want to make social media sound easier than it is yeah, it's where it's not. like, Oh, like, Oh, you like, you just post a couple times or whatever else. And it's like, yeah. it's like, um, because of the noise level, you like you have to try that much harder to stand out, which means the quality of what you do, the frequency of what you do has to be that much more. And it's like, it's no, people think like, like you said, with like door knocking, it's not like now it's like, oh man, good thing we don't have to door knock anymore. It's like, no, you're still like sitting down and sending out like a thousand DMs. Cause yeah. like if you door knocked, chances are someone was home. Yeah. But like, there's a lot of times I've sent messages and DMs and like, people don't even see them because right, maybe they don't check their other folder because right. you're not connected. Yep. Yeah. And so then it's like, okay, so then you send out 200 in the same amount of time you can knock on a hundred doors, yeah. but then still the only half amount of people saw it. Right. So like you're still spending the same amount of effort. You're still putting yourself out yeah. there and you know, kind of, we talked about earlier, like I'm introverted, like me putting yeah. myself out there is horrifying. Yeah. And so, um, whereas for you, it's, it's kind of second nature. Yeah. And, um, so, you know, for me doing a hundred cold calls sounds like, the worst time in the world. Nobody but, likes cold calling. If anybody right. tells you they like cold calling, they're lying. <laughs> cold right. calling. I mean, I, I found ways to make it fun or to, like, to sure. laugh at the different ways I could get rejected or hung yeah. up on, you know. <laughs> um, but nobody actually likes it, especially when you do 100 a day. But, right. Um, but yeah, you're right. Social media is not easy and it's not, oh, I'm just, you know, going to post a few times. It's, it is a long-term mm -hmm. game. And, you know, you're a big fan of Gary Vee, as am I. I use yeah. his books in one of my social media classes. And, he, you know, he will tell you that it's, if you're not in it for the right reasons and if you're not in it for the long term. Yeah. Yeah. Which book is it that you use? Um, I actually use Jab, 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 Right Hook. Okay. For like the old school, like showing how, even though so much has changed, so much stays the same. Sure. And then, um, right, the, um, 
What's the well, there's the yellow cover. It's the newest one. I can't. Well, I can't. Um, yeah, I think it's right called now. Crushing It crushing because it. Yeah, the original was Crush one. It. Yeah, yeah, Crush It, Crushing. I've I've read yeah. all his books. So I'm like right. Um, but uh, so yes, yeah, so that's like actually the class coming up that I'm about to teach uses those. So nice. I'm gonna have to update those because even Crushing It is now a little outdated. Mm -hmm. Once again, a lot of the principles in there are great, and then for the outdated information, there's great conversations around what how quickly social media changes and what we need to do about that. Hundred percent. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, it's 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 still the, the idea is that like connection still important. Um, being yes. being seen and remembered is still important. Mm -hmm. um, having quality with what you do is still important. Yep. And like none of those things changes. Yep. And I guess you realize that, which is why you've been able to transition through the different platforms. Well, because at the end of the day, like if those things are being hit, mm -hmm. then you're good. And maybe it's like done a different way. Like yeah, you know. Um, you can't, you know, you can't really do DMs as easily as you can on Facebook as you do on Instagram and like right. in some platforms that's not even an option. Like, yeah. So there's a different strategy for each one. And, and the big thing there is no matter which platform you're trying to be on and how new it is or mm -hmm. what has changed, the best way to figure it out is just to get on there and try it. Even right. if you just get on there and, you know, consume content, but just, you know, just, just to actually be on the platform and use it. Right. There, there's no... No better way to figure it out than just use it. <laughs> totally. So you mentioned earlier that you had an agency at one point. Yeah. That was yours? Yeah. Okay, cool. So Not like a full-blown agency because when I started to go full-blown with it, I was just building it up. Uh-huh. Um, then I actually accidentally fell into a full-time position at a university <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> that I'd been an adjunct at. But um, So then I kind of cool. went to the side. But it's, mm -hmm. it was, yeah. So what kind of led you to like even have the opportunity to build an agency? Uh, so I worked in a small marketing firm as my first marketing job, 2003, mm -hmm. started there, went to the big time ad agency working with Verizon Wireless. Mm -hmm. They lost Verizon Wireless. So then I transitioned over to a boutique ad agency where I worked for five years. I went back to work there part time, even after I had my first kid, because I didn't want to do the agency life and never see my baby. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I didn't even want to go to the office anymore. I was in the office, you know, still 20 to 30 hours a week. Right. Part-time is hard in the sure. agency world. <laughs> when clients need something, clients need something. Yeah. And so um, I finally got the opportunity to take a contract to work from home for another marketing company. And then we moved to Arizona from my husband's job. And he built an office and he wanted people in-house. And so I was had I got I had got the call from him saying, You have 60 days left on your contract. And I was five weeks pregnant with my son. I was like, oh, no great. Pressure. <laughs> I'm going to go job hunting when I'm pregnant. So yeah. like, this is going to be fun. And because I'd worked at so many small agencies, you know, not so many, but three small companies, mm -hmm. two of which I was in the office from the ground up. I was the first full-time hire at one, and I think I was the second full-time hire at another. Oh, wow. Where I basically got to help grow the agency and manage and, mm -hmm. you know, like go on all the new business development, everything. I knew how to run an agency. Right. And my husband had been for years and like, why... Are you not doing this yourself? He's like, you know how to work with clients. You know how to find all the people to do the, you know, the the design and the SEO and the whatever. Right. He's like, why don't you do it? He's like, obviously you know how to sell. You've been selling your whole career. Like that's sure. You know. And so I was like, so when that happened, and I got the call. I was pregnant. I was like, well, guess it's time to do this on my own. <laughs> right. Totally. <laughs> because I wasn't going to go interview for jobs and lie and say I'm not tell them I'm pregnant. 
at, right. at the same time. Can I you hire me? I need uh, eight weeks off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be uh, out for three months, you know? Yeah. And so that was kind of the what made me. So I just started consulting, and it was literally almost to this day, um, I almost all of my clients have been either were somebody I met mm-hmm. or a referral, or then in the last two years, because of my intentional um, growing my brand on social media, yeah. through social media. Um, and so anyway, so that's, so I started like that, but then eventually I was like, okay, I was doing everything. I was, they would hire me and I would do their social media strategy, their social media content, their social media day to day, like responding to comments, responding to messages, you know, and that gets overwhelming. Yeah. Well, then I was like, well, hey, wait, I'm a college professor and I have all these amazing students. Who are like just thirsting to do something cool. And so I, <laughs> I hired them. I paid them. Yeah. Like, I mean, so they, I gave them an internship so they could get credit for school and sure. get it on their resume, whatever. But I paid them a good wage and I picked out, you know, the good ones that I knew for my classes. Right. And they would get introduced to the client just like a regular employee would and everything. And so I had at one point three different interns mm. managing the, uh, some writing, some writing content like blog content, email content, yeah. and then managing the Twitter, the Facebook, the Instagram for my clients. So that was when the closest I got to like an agency. Sure, but it yeah, was all yeah. contract work, you know. Oh yeah. Um, not like I had an office or anything, but. Well, I do think that's like uh, how, how it's going now. Yeah, and I think yeah because there's just like clients are constantly switching who they're doing, having run their stuff, and yeah. so it's like. For an agency, it doesn't make sense to have a staff of 100% full-time people because, like, they could lose a tr- contract tomorrow, yes. and then all of a sudden it's like, how are we going to pay everyone? Yep. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's super sketchy. Yeah, and so that was that was kind of how it yeah. and I actually loved it, mm-hmm. but I have two young kids. Totally. I started my um, started my P- my doctoral program in 2017, and I was working full-time at the university at the time, and it just got to be too much, and so I was like, you know. I love working with the clients. I'm never going to give that up because even though I want to keep teaching, that what makes me a good professor is that I, I actually do what I teach. Right. right? Yeah, totally. I'm, not, I'm not just reading out of a book. I'm like, this is what you do. You know? Right. Um, and so that that's why I decided I'm gonna I'm gonna keep getting clients, but I will no longer be the one responsible for all of the day to day stuff. I will mm-hmm. happily refer them to some of the same students. Like I've gotten some of my students either internships, contracts, or, you know, full-time jobs with right. cli- clients or former clients. Um, and I will happily, I have my network of web designers and content creators and all that that totally. I can refer them all out to. But I'm no longer the one, you know, I'm not, not holding the hand and overseeing sure. every little thing. So they will hire me for a marketing plan, for, you know, weekly coaching where they just need somebody to help check in and hold them accountable and right. bounce their ideas off. I'll do their social media plan. Like I'll even do like the whole month. Like here's, you know, here's your outline for the month. Right. But I don't do the day to day. That's got to be a huge relief. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's like totally fits within like your your strength. Like, like you don't have all those skills and all those experience you could like post for someone. You right. have all those skills and experience you could give someone a killer strategy. Right. To move their business forward. Right. And then you know when they are doing that, you know I I go back and I will review what's going and I will help them discuss what's working and what's not. So even though I'm not the one actually posting, right, I'm still learning and seeing what works and what doesn't. So totally, yeah. Well, yeah, because you get your own stuff that you're, you know, practicing on. That too. You know? <laughs> um, so, so it kind of seems like your transition into doing. Um, just work by yourself was mm-hmm. kind of by need, I suppose, yeah. by you know being a mom, and uh, and certainly the schooling and, and the teaching. Um, 
Walk me through a little bit of that. Cause like for me, like I think one of the harder things as a creative person, which you definitely are, um, is saying no to stuff. I think that's yes. like very difficult. Oh my goodness, it is. Um, you know, cause you're always, I'm sure you're always coming up with crazy ideas, yeah. like you know, good ideas, well-founded ideas. We're yeah. like, you know, how do you, how do you say no to three good things to say yes to one great thing? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so walk me through like what has been like, what kind of things maybe you've had to say no to and like, like just walk us through that experience. So that's, that's a constant struggle for sure. Yeah. <laughs> As a person who likes to do a lot of things and sure. yeah, yeah, it's hard to say no. I'm a very nice person too. Um, I will give you the best example is my very first and still client of seven years. It took me two years to get out of doing all of his day-to-day stuff. Oh, geez. <laughs> like I had to slowly, okay, Mike, can we, you know, can someone take over this next month? And like just one piece at a time had to like give it away. And like, right. I'll reduce the retainer. Like, let's do this. I would like to reduce the retainer because of this. And and he was, I mean, literally dream client. Like he's, like he'll randomly call me, but like, I'm just upping your retainer because you're so awesome and you're such an integral part of my team. And I want to make sure you're taken care of like that. Right. That, <laughs> who gets a client like that? Right. <laughs> but it's also because I've worked with him for seven years and, yeah. and I've, obviously helped him have a lot of success in growing his business. Um, but I, I've had to really intentionally do that. And one thing he won't let me get up, give up is I actually still write all of his content. Oh, geez. Um, for his weekly blog articles, for mm-hmm. um, anytime he has a new, brand new email, like he'll have people that will edit, but anything brand new, like for an email campaign, right. or any, for, if he has a brand new section of his website sure. or whatever, it's still me and, yeah. and it's, he won't like, he won't let me give it up because I know his brand voice so well. Sure. And every time somebody else tries to write it, he hates it. Oh no. <laughs> and so he got it. finally got a PR person who does like PR releases and like things like that. And mm-hmm. she's, I think maybe getting to the point where he might be like, okay, she can do it, which, you know, right. <laughs> um, but that's, so that's, yeah. but it's, that's how hard it is for me to say no, especially when it's somebody that you have a good relationship with. Sure. Um, but what I try to focus on is, yeah, you know, and I tell my clients openly, hey, you know what? My kids come first, and right now I just don't have any extra time to devote. So I'd be happy to put you in touch with so and so, or mm-hmm. I would happy to be find somebody for you, or right. whatever is what I try to do. Um, now the battle with myself chasing the shiny objects—that's another another battle, right? And so yeah. um, that one, I have to have the conversation with my head in my own head of like, what am I giving up to pursue this? Yeah, am I giving up sleep? Am I giving up, you know, time with my kids? Am I going to give less quality in my dissertation work that I'm working on right now? Like what? And so I try to have that pep talk. I also have a husband who is my absolute biggest fan and cheerleader, believes in me more than I do probably. But he also be like, Krista, did you really, do you need, do you have time for that? Are you sure you have time? And and when he like, he doesn't ever put his foot down and say no. Like, you know, he's not like that, but it was, he knows how to call me on it. Be like, do you really... Well, because you know in your heart, you know, you just need someone to, like, right. help you, so, like, be comfortable with that. Because who doesn't feel bad about, like, feeling like they dropped the ball on something, right. even though that's totally not what it is. Right, right. And so, like, I, I sometimes if I'm really struggling, I imagine me explaining myself to my husband as to why did I pursue this this project or this client right. or whatever. Yeah. And how is he going to react? That's brilliant. <laughs> hey, if it works, so, right? I mean, shoot. Yeah. That's awesome. Um Shoot, there was something I was going to ask you when you were talking there that I was like, had to bring up. Oh, I was just going to say that it's so funny that you talk about like how invaluable your brand voice is for him because there's a guy that we did a video podcast for and he uh, he runs a brewery oh, nice. in Phoenix and super nice guy um, and he like enjoys playing with cameras and doing a good job and 
um, he's like, man, every time I post, it does really good. And every time anyone else posts, it's not that great. And the only thing I could think of, even though he didn't say this specifically, is like, I think it's just no one else has had the brand voice and they want to hear from him and, or whatever else. And, and you know, just as much as anything, it's like, you could probably sound like Mike because you know, you've been around him long enough. You know what he sounds like. You know what he cares about. You know how he says things. And so you can communicate for him in a way that's still like authentic where it's like some people, it's like, it's a real struggle. It's that makes you so valuable because it's such a big struggle to find someone who can represent their brand. Well, that people actually connect with, otherwise people are doing posts. Yeah. And then it's like, they're not connecting well. And then what's, what's the point? Right. <laughs> and it's so funny that you said that, like when he does, you know, and like mm-hmm. the post, it's because my, I have a, another business with a partner who's actually a student from the first class I ever taught in college. Oh, cool. Um, and she's a little bit of an Instagram influencer and she's, she knows me really well now. We, I mentored her for years and now we've been working together right. for a year and a half and she'll be like, Krista. You don't show your sassy side enough on social media. Like, she's like that. She's like when you're in class teaching, like we get to see like your sassy. When I'm with you talking, and you have, like you have opinions, you have strong opinions, and you. She's mm-hmm. like show. I'm like I don't know. I'm not trying to hide it. And she's like no, but it's mostly like especially in your Instagram captions. So mm. every time like I'll have like a picture like where it's me like sticking my tongue out and like I'll have something kind of sassy in the caption. Yeah, those are always the highest engagement posts. Interesting. I'm like, I'm like but. It, it's also authentically me, like the other ones where I'm trying to teach and like give an edu- you know, educate on a specific thing. Right. But she's like, yeah, but that's not how you teach it in class. Like if you were in class, talk, think, try to write your captions like you were talking to like one of your workshops or to one of your totally. classes. Uh-huh. She's like, because you have a certain like just sass and like strong opinion that yeah. doesn't necessarily come through when you're trying to be all formal on like your teaching posts. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> and so it is, it's funny. And I, I just haven't figured out how to make change that balance, you know? So it's, we're all always learning and growing. Right. Right. <laughs> but it is, it is funny that when you hit your brand voice of like what your audience resonates with, like the Spur guy apparently knows. Right. That yes. It's, it's magical. <laughs> yeah. He a hundred percent knows that like when someone else posts, it's just not the same, which is fine. And I do hope he finds someone eventually that can like, Ma- you know, maximize, match, uh, yeah. match that. But um, it's funny, and I definitely like struggle with that whole thing too, because like I'm kind of like sarcastic and laid back, yeah. which to me is like neither one of those are super great, great qualities to have online. Because yeah. like sarcasm is kind of like negative, and like that kind of can yeah. attack the wrong people. Yeah. And laid back is not very engaging. And like <laughs> like all the people I love to watch are people who are like fun and spunky and like yeah. having a great time, like yeah. like anyone. And so it's hard to be like, okay, well, how much of that gets into like my professional right. image without like tarnishing it in the wrong yeah. way? And um, yeah. I think sarcasm can be really hard in like written stuff, but oh, like in right. your videos showing off the sarcasm, I think that's great. That's, I mean, that's part of who you are. Right. So like that's people who are going to be drawn to working with you are going to have to be able to appreciate your sarcasm. Cause I'm guessing it doesn't just magically disappear when you get a client, right? <laughs> I hold back pretty well. <laughs> you, you I think. Do, yeah. I mean, obviously everybody can hold back, yeah. but you know, if that's <laughs> yeah. part of who you are, that's something that yeah. people will connect with. Like my husband is super sarcastic and he's, he thinks Gary Vee is annoying as all can be. Really? He finds me annoying on my post. He's like, you're too energetic. And I'm like, that's how I am. He's right. Like, yeah, but I don't want to watch that on a video online. Like, Interesting. Okay. Um, and so not everybody likes the energetic. Well, that's good <laughs> yeah. to know then because... And not just him. I know... Those are my I've, people. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but I mean, I've, I've seen that. Like, I've seen people who have been successful and they're not necessarily like in your face or right. very energetic or, you know. In fact, 
I mean, Allison is my my partner. She's um, she's not necessarily sarcastic. She could be very sarcastic too, actually. But right. she she's a mot- she does motivational. She's a fitness influencer, but she's specialized in like doing like motivational talks. Okay. But it's like she'll be like, "Hey, like you are not doing this today." Like she's yeah. like pretty like you know like in your out, face, yeah, yeah, in your face. So, but it's not like a high energy like bubbly or anything like that. Right. It's, it's kind of like a get your crap together. Sure. Like, so and she's you know she's going to following from that. So a little kick I in the pants everyone it. needs. Uh, yeah, I say you try it. Try it. Just touch it out a little bit. Well, it was funny. <laughs> so because like I made Sam shoot me the other day. Um, who's doing a video for us today? But. Um, we 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 were we were shooting at Scottsdale Quarter and there was a Rolls Royce parked in the parking lot and so I was like, so I, I actually took it out of my blog because I was or my vlog because I was like I don't want to be too much of a jerk but like we went over to it and I did some poses I'm like hey look I'm an Instagram influencer I'm no, posing by funny. a car I don't own that'd be funny you know there's like there's accounts that have like millions and millions of followers that are all about make it like influencers in the wild have you seen that account no it's literally an oh, account no. doing nothing but making fun of people like posing in, in the wild in the wild as influencers like taking their pictures doing their videos right like, like where the they like weird pose in a private doing. jet that they rented and it's like not even gonna yes, taxi off the runway there's a couple of accounts like that influencers in the wild that i think is the biggest one but so you totally maybe do. i'll post that video and then tag do them like and to see a, if they pick it up do it as like an outtake or something yeah, yeah. that'd be great maybe i'll maybe i'll throw it in this video just be like oh hey they totally might pick it up yeah right that'd be yeah. fun there you go <laughs> i just felt like i was like maybe that's just like too much bad energy i don't know like yeah. <laughs> it's just i don't know you gotta you gotta watch yourself sometimes. I don't want to yeah, invite gotta, trolls into my life. Not too. That's true. Well, there's plenty of those. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so let's see here. So we'll skip the hiring ones. Um, let's explore a bit. Um, you because you you said that like part of your business is like the referrals and the the connections you make, but you said also part of it is your the you know because of the brand that you've built on mm-hmm. Instagram mm-hmm. or just social media in general. Right? Yeah. So. Um, can you give us like a like <laughs> give us some like somewhat real numbers on what like that's ma- done for you? Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like, um, if you feel comfortable with that, just like you don't have to tell me like exactly how much money you made off of your own thing, but like how many clients like have you yeah. landed because of that? Like how like long did it take? Like give us some like real like facts right. about right. like what building your personal brand has done for you if you could yeah if you're comfortable with that yeah so well let me start with an example that goes way back actually to the end of 2016 okay when i got asked to interview i'd been an adjunct professor at a university here locally for a couple years and i'd been asked to interview for the department chair of the business um department okay and so I made it all the way through the interview process. And the final thing is an interview with the president of the university because he does a quick interview with anybody that's going to come on as full-time, especially as an administrator. Sure. So I had a half an hour interview with the president of the university. No pressure. Right. And he could say, everybody else is, a, you know, green flag. We love her. We want her. Yes. Perfect. Great fit. And I'd met him before because I tried, as an adjunct, I tried to be very active intentionally going to um, athletic events. And every time I saw him on campus, for any reason, I would always go over, shake his hand, whatever. At the time, was super active on Twitter. I'm trying to get back into it again. And so I I would retweet all the, you know, athletic victories. And I would, you know, share things of the university's Twitter. And I would reply and, you know, share student successes. And just very, I mean, very, you know, authentically. But I mean, Mm -hmm. I was... I had a strategy of 
like I want to know. I want the administration to know right. that I'm a fan, that I'm a supporter, that I fit in with this culture. That they see how much of a fan you are, and that they yeah. see that you know they, that they know who I am. Mm-hmm. And so when I sat down in front across from the president, he goes, you know, he's like, I know we've met a few times before. He's like, but I really, I really know who you are because he's like, because he was very active on Twitter as well. He's like, yeah. I always see you on Twitter, and he's like, you're so promotional of our university and of our students and of our successes and he's like and, and you're always sharing just great content that really shows you're a practitioner in your field he's like i really appreciate that and he's like that i don't even feel like i have to interview you because i already know who you are right and that's cool and so we i mean of course to go on and have a discussion sure and i got the job right but i mean it, this is the president of a, of, a, of a university saying I don't really have to interview you because right. I already know, I know how you feel about the school. I know that you know your stuff for your industry, you know, whatever. That's <laughs> so amazing. that was one of my cool, like great, you know, so that, that got me, you know, a full-time job at my yeah. age. I've always, I had wanted to be a full-time professor. And so that's, that was a big deal. But then moving into more practical for today now for clients, for example. Um, so I have, Grown my following. I've actually intentionally shrunk it recently because I've been removing like bot accounts and inactive oh, totally. accounts. But on Instagram, for example, I have um, not even a thousand followers. I think I'm at like 830 something right now. Mm-hmm. But it's proof positive. It's not about how many followers you have. It's about the quality of the followers you have and sure. how engaged they are. And so I have people who I'll either meet once at a conference, a networking event, I'll teach a workshop, and they will then connect with me on Instagram, follow me, watch my content. And without me ever having to like, you know, I always say, hey, if you ever want to talk, whatever, you know, of course right. I always do that. I'll reply to their things. I'll, but without me ever having to do anything, if they either ask me a question and I answer it or they'll just reach out and be like, I need, we need to talk. I'd like to hire you. Sure. And so I'm trying to think of how many I've had that have been in that situation. Whereas I met somebody once, mm-hmm. at least in person for some reason, and then connected on Instagram. But I want to say I've gotten in the last six months, I believe I've gotten seven or eight clients like that. Wow. So not, and not high ticket. These are small businesses. So not high ticket. Some of them sure. have been one time. Some of them have been continual. Sure. But then not only has it been that, but then they still continue to engage with my stuff. They continue to share out my stuff. Two of them have referred me another client. Awesome. So that's, you know, that's, that's some hard numbers right there. Then I also have in the last, I think year, I've gotten one new client from my Facebook, um, which is crazy <laughs> and then um because my i my facebook page i don't i have it there to have a presence but it's not something i've chosen to focus on totally i focus more on linkedin and instagram yeah um and then i've gotten two people who completely found me through instagram and like i've never met in real life that i've done work for nice. so i mean that what does that add up to i think if you added that all together it's about 14 clients in the last six months to a year just, right you know <laughs> right and and i would say Having done some digging, but not a ton, that a lot of the accomplishments that you've just shared with me today about having an agency and working for Rise and all those other things are things I haven't seen yet on your Instagram. So, like, it's literally, like, even though you have, like, obviously an impressive resume leading up to this, like, they're pretty much just finding and being sold about you from just what they see on Instagram is yeah, what I'm hearing. The, yeah, from the content that yeah. I've shared and yeah. Which is amazing. Yeah. I mean you have you have the you have the you got the uh, the resume to back it up. Right. Certainly. But what I'm saying is that like literally because of you just like consistently getting on there. Yeah. Like you're making money. Well which and is because amazing. when you and when you show up like I show up and you're 
educating and people listen to that or read your captions or watch my stories when I've done, you know, like little, you know, tutorials of my stories. Sure. It's not, I mean, if you hear me say it, like you, you're hearing that I actually know what I'm talking about. Right. But, you know, yeah, that, totally. I think that helps. But, and then until recently, I actually had a link tree and I did have my LinkedIn profile as the first like link. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so I was getting, you know, several clicks a week on that link. So I think oh, people nice. would maybe come across my content, maybe right. go check out my profile and then look, oh, what? oh, LinkedIn, let's go see what she's done before. Right. And then if you go on my LinkedIn, then you get my whole, my whole resume, whole thing, yeah. you know. Uh, so, which has been interesting with LinkedIn, I'm going to switch there. Uh, people, Let's do it. If people are not on LinkedIn, they should be. Right. <laughs> because whether you're a business owner, a salesperson, just trying to get an internship, a job, whatever, the connections there, you know, are insane. Majority of recruiters are only going there now looking oh, for wow. people. Okay. Um, some jobs are only getting listed there now. Uh, the fact that you can... Sorry, monster.com. Right? <laughs> the fact that you can make a connection there with somebody who might work at the company that you want to work with yeah. means you're that much more likely to get interviewed. You know, people who know somebody at the company are 15 times more likely to get hired. Oh, wow. Um, all that. But where I've had success, most small business owners that I'm targeting, they're not on LinkedIn because... Really? Okay. They're... They're just, you know, I, I work with a lot of like mom and pop shops, right? Like, you know, sure. the, the flower shop down the street or the photographer or, mm -hmm. you know, I don't know. I can't think of examples. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, you know, the, they're not necessarily going to find their clients on LinkedIn, right? Sure. Um, but what I have gotten on LinkedIn is I've been interviewed in three published books. I've mm. now, this I have an interview with a podcast tomorrow. It's a follow-up from an interview I did last year who found me on LinkedIn. Awesome. I have a podcast interview in a couple of weeks because of LinkedIn. I'm going to do a live Facebook video on a Facebook group for a huge audience at the end of March because somebody who found me on LinkedIn. No way. And so I'm getting to connect with these awesome people who are letting me go in front of their audiences and I'm growing my following either on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, different places by by getting exposed on those things. So right. Gary V. Oh yeah. So he was just talking to me the other day about like how less formal LinkedIn's getting the people sharing more like personal stuff on there too that is becoming more of a social media platform. And I was like, oh that's kind of interesting. And then I was thinking, oh okay, like I feel like more of my clientele would be on there. But Maybe that's yeah, not true. No, they would be because you're but, looking for other businesses, right? Yeah. Although it's yeah. also B2B. small businesses. I think for now, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, I'm thinking like probably people with like at least a couple employees, yeah. you know, maybe like five to 10 or more, um, you know, where they can afford to have a little bit of a marketing budget and stuff like yeah. that. So I was figuring, you know, I'll go in there. So, you know, lots of people are on Instagram and it's a great visual platform, mm -hmm. which is what I make. And then LinkedIn for those kinds of connections. So that's literally the two places I've been spending the most time. Yeah. Like Facebook, barely at all. Um, yeah, it's, it's pretty much just those two, right. which has been really fun and I've enjoyed it. And it's been funny, even the people that I know like in real life um, that are on LinkedIn that actually get to see some of my stuff now. That, is cool. that like probably never, saw, never it saw it on any before. of those other yeah. platforms because they're in people in businesses and they're active on there and like and the all of a sudden they're seeing is, that. The organic reach on LinkedIn is still, is still there. Cause really? I just saw, I was shared this in class. I taught a class on LinkedIn like a week and a half ago. And, okay. Um, I'm not gonna remember the statistic, but something like, I think it's like maybe 10% of the users on LinkedIn are only currently creating content like more than once a, or once a week or more. Mm, okay. So like, I mean, 
Think about that, right? Yeah. That's, I mean, it's such a small percentage. So that's why the organic reach on there, when you actually put any post anything, right. it's still so good because hardly anybody's posting anything. Right, so they don't need an advanced algorithm and, to like yeah. slow it down. Right, and I'm connected with, I think I have like 1,400 connections on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. And I go in my feed and I feel like it's the same 25 people that I are always in my feed, right? right? Yeah. Like not that many people are, are posting. So um, that's, it's, that's a really great place to be active if you can find value in being there. Right. Now, I'm going to transition back to Facebook because sure. I've recently actually hired myself a business coach because I'm changing my business into wanting to shift a little bit more to scaling it with online you know, info services, so like courses, membership clubs, things like that. Okay. Um, and what he's been preaching and which I'm seeing in some of my clients and several of my students, because I teach at the community college. Okay. So I have a lot of students who come in and take my social media classes because they have their own business and they sure. want to learn how to do it. It's Facebook groups. Okay. I mean, they even did. I see that you're on there. That's your link. Yeah. yeah. So they even did the Super Bowl ad, right? Facebook did a Super Bowl ad for Facebook groups. That's how hard they're pushing groups. Wow. And so I just recently started mine. I tried to start one like two years ago, but you know how that goes. Yeah. You can't. You can't be everywhere at once, right? Totally, that's, it's exhausting. <laughs> that's my biggest advice to social media: is for the ninety-nine percent of people, you can't be everywhere at once. But, yeah. Um, but Facebook groups. I've now pulled in people from Instagram and Facebook. I'm about 50 members, so just, you know, but I only opened it three weeks ago. Um, and it's a place where you can do a lot of the content that you're doing other places. Yeah. Or you get exclusive content there and then take clips of it and share it other places. But the engagement is so much higher because they're getting a notification every time you post. Because Facebook group. wants them to. Right. Which, let's be honest, that's like that the Facebook deal. Wants them to. <laughs> and even if they turn off notifications for your group, like there's that there's that groups tab in the app where it's right. showing, you know you can just click there. Um, it's going to start showing in your feed, like mm. the groups post shows in your feed all the time, and Facebook is prioritizing that. So, I don't know if I like that, but I mean, if you're trying to use it, then that's great. Right. And so, so far, I mean, I'm not selling anything in my group so far, like literally just providing so much value. I'm doing marketing yeah. audits every Monday for anybody who's in the group, SEO tips on Friday. You know, um, I just did a live uh, masterclass yesterday on content creation, answering, answering questions um, to anybody, you know, either I had somebody asked, had a question about should they get on Groupon or not, mm -hmm. popped on there with a three minute video response. Um, just providing value to those right. people. And then, you know, of course, when I when eventually put my course out there again, because I actually did it last year, didn't really do a good, I did a beta test and that's all. Oh, fun. sure. And then I dropped it. <laughs> yeah. I was too busy. Um, you know, then if somebody buys, great. If they don't, maybe they'll refer somebody else to go buy. But, you right. know, it's, it's right now the engagement that I'm getting in there is, is awesome. And it's people, most people in that group are still consuming my content on other platforms too. Right. In fact, some of them have become more engaged on my Instagram. Oh, cool. Now that they've become part of my Facebook group, because it's like they want to go see, well, what else is she sharing? Is she sharing different stuff on Instagram? Right. Yeah, which I am. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I would encourage you to, it might be something for you to check out as well, because as, right. as an introvert, you might feel more comfortable in a smaller group setting as well. Mm -hmm. um, and then even better, some of the members are already answering each other's questions and making connections because they're all small businesses. Sure. Yeah. So I'm actually providing a valuable kind of networking opportunity for mm -hmm. them as well. But. Yeah, I've definitely heard, um, you know, not that I'm like searching around for who's doing groups great, but I've definitely like seen realtors really leverage that yes. really well. Yes. Um, because all they have to basically do is meet different business owners and talk about the businesses and promote them. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden they have like all these great connections, right. which is great because like the, 
companies and the places to visit and the places to eat and go to are part of why someone would move to a state or a city or an area. And it just makes so much sense. Like, oh, like, is there anything cool on the west side? Well, let me show you. (laughs) Like, yes, there is. And that's, I actually am in a very active um, local Facebook group that was started by a realtor. No way. Started a while ago, but he didn't start growing it until maybe about six months ago. Right. And when I joined, I think it was maybe 500 members. Now it's over 5,000. Wow. And it's super active. Like people are just in there. And so I don't know how much business he's getting from it, but I'm sure. assuming he's got to get something because everybody knows he started it and he's yeah. doing weekly Facebook interviews and he's done a really great job with it. But that's yeah. really cool. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. It's like, that's just another, another case in point. Social media is not easy. It's a lot of right. work. It, is. it really is. It really is. But so you have to be intentional about yeah. where can you um, provide the most value and where can you, you know, get the most benefit from spending your time on there. Sure. So if Instagram and LinkedIn are working well for you right now, then maybe you just focus on that and keep on that. That's what I always, you know, tell people, simplify. Right. Um, and I, that's what I knew, like Facebook page wasn't going to do me anything. But my Facebook group, I'm willing to give it a shot because I'm following a proven model that, you know, my coach has used and his clients have used and things right. like that. Um, and and so far, you know, I'm seeing that it, it, I can see why it will work. And I mean, I, my coach's group, I've been in his group since he started it. And yeah. I hired him. So there you go. <laughs> right, it works. Right. <laughs> it took me a long time. It worked on you. <laughs> it took me years, but I wasn't ready even back in the day. Totally. But, yeah. So. To get into continue like to get into like a little bit more practical stuff. So obviously Facebook groups is something you highly recommend. Yeah. What are some other things that you would suggest uh, small business owners do that are kind of like getting the ball rolling with that? Yeah. So really, I mean, the biggest thing that I think a lot of people, small businesses, do wrong mm-hmm. is they think, okay, I got, I have to have a Facebook page, I have to have an Instagram account, I have to, you know, have a Twitter, and then they have seven accounts. And they don't ever post on them. Right. right? So don't do that. (laughs) Try to pick one or two platforms Mm -hmm. where you feel you can talk to your audience, to your potential or current customers, and where you will actually be able to consistently post and share. Um, So that's really one or two. Two is is ideal if you can do it just because there are different – almost every business has – audiences on either Instagram or Facebook, for example, sure. or maybe LinkedIn, if you do a little bit more B2B mm-hmm. on like bigger businesses, you know, medium sized or start tech startups are all on LinkedIn, of course. Sure. Um, so that's the first thing is figure out where your audience is mm-hmm. and really try to focus on just one or two platforms where they're going to be. Okay. And then the other one is don't post and ghost. That's okay. what a lot of small businesses do because they just don't feel like they have time. So they'll get their content up there. And they'll do a good job, even do it consistently, mm-hmm. but then they don't respond to comments. They don't respond to DMs, you know, things like that. So put it in your calendar, set a reminder, whatever you need to do, even if it's only five minutes once a day, take those five minutes and just check real quick and just respond to the comments, DM something, you check your other folder right? <laughs> and both Facebook and Instagram, that other folder can be, you know, a lot, can get missed a lot. Sure. But it. People think, oh my gosh, I can't keep going. Well, just just set aside one time a day. Don't do it all day long. Don't get bogged down in, you know, in... in right. Because the- then you just get lost in it. Yes. And all of a sudden you're browsing yes. hashtags and... But, you know, if you're an early morning person, maybe just do it first thing in the morning while you're doing your... Having your cup of coffee or your tea in the morning. Right. Um, do that before... To respond to the day before. Or if you're more of a night person or you just like to sit down and plop in front of the TV. Right. While you're in front of the TV, just pull out your phone or your computer and, and spend a few minutes, you know, 10 minutes, whatever it is. Just responding because right. it'd be better if you could respond more, you know, more quickly. But at least if you're responding at all, that's better than not. <laughs> yes. So that's my two biggest tips that small, I see small businesses do wrong all the time. 
is being too many places and, and getting overwhelmed by that just so that they don't do anything. Sure. So pick one or two platforms and then the other one is actually be a part of your community, right? So mm -hmm. respond to the comments and, yeah. and DMs. Yeah, that's super good. I mean, I definitely think I've seen some of those things for sure. Um, and when I haven't experienced them, it's very off-putting. Yeah. Um, like even super popular people that are posting, you know, people that have like hundreds of thousands, if not, you know, a million followers, um, they'll usually post and then they'll stay on for like half an hour right. and like respond to like the first hundred yeah, people or something. Right. I mean, even if it's not like some they epic response, it's like, yeah. thanks for sharing yeah. or that's cool or whatever else. Right. And so they're engaging with like the people who really engage with them because yep. otherwise they wouldn't be responding immediately. Immediately. Yeah. Uh, Cause that probably means like post notifications are turned on, so on and yeah. so forth. Um, but I've definitely gotten like really like offended if that makes sense. Like like especially brick and mortar businesses like there, yeah. there was like a, a men's suiting place in Scottsdale and they'll post something every once in a while they posted it about an event and I DM them questions about the event and yeah. I didn't even see it because they never checked their other full and it's probably. like why are you yep. even bothering like yep. now like why would I even want to give you business because like all you want to do is post so that people can go to something yeah but then when people actually have questions for you yeah you just ignore them yeah that happens and it's me. like so 89 percent of direct messages to brands go unanswered. Kidding me. That's a statistic from 2019. Wow. So it's, I mean, that's why I'm saying it's a problem. Like it's legitimately a, a problem. And you're in, in probably in your opinion, would you actually say that actually does more damage had they not posted at all? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I've, I've actually had businesses that I will not, like a, a restaurant or whatever I, who I, same thing. I put a question on one of their posts or something, not even DM. Right. And I put a legitimate like question on the post. Mm -hmm. Never got a response. And I'm like, okay, not, not doing business with you. Yeah. Like, <laughs> which is, and it's funny, this is actually what my social, my uh, dissertation's on is okay. the use of Facebook and Instagram for customer service by right. small businesses. That's what I'm focusing on because it's such a problem and there's very little research out there on it. And so I want to come up with a system of helping small businesses figure out how can they do this better. Totally. When it really the answer is 10 minutes every day. Right. Just 10 minutes every day. Check your DMs, check your comments, reply. Right. Or yeah. Or just like every time you sit down, give yourself like a block of time yeah. to like respond or whatever. I don't know. I mean, because but. If, if you got, if your phone rang at your business, you answer it or something leaves right. you a voicemail, you generally reply, right? Yeah. Why would you not reply to a message in your Instagram? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that. I think that kind of gets back maybe a little bit if I had to guess why people do this is I feel like maybe that gets back to the whole thing of like if, you, if your frame of mind is this is an easy way for me to advertise my business, well then maybe you would do something like that. But yeah. when you look at it is like this is building my business just like knocking doors, just like making cold calls, just mm -hmm. like sending cold emails, then at that point maybe then you view it differently as like a functioning part of building your business rather than just like somewhere you just like throw something at like yeah it's not just like taping like your ad to like a light post it's like <laughs> yeah something to it's, you it's know. a two-way conversation right it is yep and especially when you're a small business and you're following a small you really have to work hard to respond to all the comments and questions right. that you get because that you don't have you don't really have an excuse right right and then if you can get those people to be engaged fans early on they could end up being your biggest advocates and even if they never buy from you, they might be the reason somebody else or many somebody else's buy from you. Totally. Right? So um, you, it's more important when you're starting out and you have a yeah. smaller following to, to be engaged. Well, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I don't know if who I got it from was right either. But since you're very much involved in Instagram, like understanding it, um, I was told that like as far as metrics go, 
like Instagram will ding you if you don't respond to comments. That yeah. that's like part of the algorithm of like whether or not you're an engaged profile. Mm -hmm. Is that actually true? I don't know if they ding you, but so if you don't follow the Instagram creators account, I recommend it. I don't. Um, they actually like go over all kinds of stuff like this. And okay. about two weeks ago, they did a whole post on and a IGTV video on the four things that ma matter most about your ranking mm -hmm. in the Instagram yeah. feed and algorithm. Um, and comments was, I believe, number one or number two. So like, as far as leaving them or responding to them? The, just the, the number of comments on a post. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. And so that includes, if you reply to every single comment, that's increasing that comment count. Um, so okay. comments, shares, um, something else. Likes was number four. So number of likes was right. number four. I can't think of what it was. So well, because I've heard they're even possibly taking that out all together. Yeah, so they, like... they tested it in 11 countries now. And so, mm -hmm. yeah, it's probably coming. But anyway, so comments, shares, because they want people sharing the content. That means it's mm -hmm. valuable. Yes. And then I think it was just like time on post or something like that, like viewing time. But, okay. Um, so comments are very important. And then, but yeah, I haven't, I don't know if there's anything like proof that if you don't respond to comments or things, but Instagram does want you to be on the platform longer. Yeah. So if you're posting and never coming back and engaging, then you're not on the con on the platform very long. Sure. So the more time you spend on the platform, they reward that as well. <laughs> Especially if you're sending in DMs and comments and leaving comments and things like that. So, right. Um, yeah. Well, that makes sense because you had, I had read a post of yours when you were like, you'd written a post about engaging online. And one of the things is always respond with a question. Yes. Which makes sense because then that, then not only is it good it, and kind and what a conversation. And what normal human beings do anyways. Right. Right? No, you don't talk to someone and then they just say like, thanks yeah. or cool. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like that's never like a real yeah. conversation in real life. So yeah. it's like, it would be natural to ask yes. a question except people don't do that. And then like on, as well, like now one comment turns into two comment, which turns into three or four comments yes. from just one person, right. which is genius. Right. <laughs> and that's, you know, I love that you brought yeah. to real life. You wouldn't do that in real life. That's what I yeah. always try to bring it back to. Social media, just because you're online, don't don't lose your manners, right? Don't yeah. act like a weirdo. Like you would not be like, "Hi, I'm Chris." You'd be like, "Hi, I'm Steven." Okay, bye. You know, you wouldn't right. you wouldn't do that. Like, <laughs> right? You would you would even if you're busy or somebody's in passing, like you at least answer with something reasonable, right? Right. Um, so yeah, I always try to bring it back to like, imagine if you were walking into a party or a networking event or a mm -hmm. conference. Like, what would you say? How would you be? You know, that be like that on, online. <laughs> right. That's. That's a pretty good idea. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just my immediately my brain goes. Oh, where are the drinks? Yeah. <laughs> that's what yeah. I would say when I go to a network right. party. Well, that's what you had. One of your questions something about like what was one of the unexpected things yeah. that, from being on social media, yeah. building mm -hmm. a personal brand. That's been one of them. It comes back to drinks. I promise. <laughs> is um, is I've made some amazing friends. Awesome. Like that I literally would never have met if it wasn't for social media. Like yeah. people who I call personal friends now, mm -hmm. um, including. Somebody who was just here uh, for a conference last week in town, Brian Fanzo. If you don't follow him, iSocialFans is his handle. He's okay. like literally one of my favorite people on social oh, media. I know why that sounds familiar. I saw your post about him and yeah. then he seemed like cool, but then he was like out of state. So I was like, oh. Well. Yeah. But he's originally from here. Uh -huh. And so he has family here and he comes out here all the time. And he's really the social media club of Phoenix. Like he's, a, mm -hmm. uh, he's the founder of that. They're good friends. They used to work together. Oh, cool. Anyway, but like he... 
he's guest lecture to my class. He was on my podcast. He's there, you know, I went and saw me when he walked up last week. I mean, he hugged me and like, I shrieked and like, he like picked me up. Yeah. Like, I mean, we're friends. Like, yeah. and I would never have met him because of social media. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's just one big example, but I have several examples. And so, and I have another friend who she and I met through mutual friends. We've actually had like scheduled calls so we could just catch up and talk. Yeah. We leave voice notes. She lives in Ohio, but you bet. The second I have a chance to be anywhere she's going to be or vice versa, we're going to meet in person and have drinks. Like, yeah. And it's just, I would never have met her because of social media, you know? So that, totally. when I started building my personal brand and building my community, like I didn't expect to like make real life friends out of it. Right. And I've made several, some of whom have had big impact on my business trajectory as well. Like just mm-hmm. what I've done in my business and what I've learned and what I'm doing. Right. Um, and also along that lines, I've helped several of my students and former students get internships and jobs because yeah, of totally. my connections on social media. Right. So. Well, and I mean, and let's be honest. I mean, like money's great, and yeah. certainly like you got to pay mortgages. You know, right. I love I love going on vacations. Like, right. so money's great, but I mean, like, shoot, like getting to meet like really cool people is like really awesome. And like even even with like the half a dozen people that I've had on this show, like everyone I've met, I was like, wow. This person is so awesome. Yeah. Like, so nice. Yeah, so you kind. Found me because of this. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and um, like, yeah, and, and, and you included. I'm definitely not leaving you out of this. Like, so nice, so kind, so good. Just like good people. Yeah. Um, people who are like achieving things and, and caring about the people around them. Yeah. Um, and that's like, you can't, you know, you can't put a price tag on that. That's, that's just really neat. Yeah. Um, and so I'm glad that's been a good experience. Like, I guess the other thing I was curious too, like, so friendships is definitely one of them. There was the unexpected benefits. What other like cool things have happened because of just like you growing your presence online? Yeah. Um, well, a couple years ago, I got to go as a guest of one of the keynote speakers at Digital Summit here in Phoenix because oh no way I met him. I keep seeing ads on for Twitter. That. Oh yeah, I want to go so much, but it's I it's one of the days is a day I teach, and mm, I, and mm-hmm. so I'm like I, I don't know if I should like miss like half the day sure. and still pay for the whatever. Because there's three days? It's three days, okay. yeah. It is, it's a great conference. It yeah. really is you so recommend practical it? and tactical. Because yeah. it's, it's like, I know they're like, oh, it's really cheap compared to other things. It it's is. still a lot of money. Yeah. Um, you're still dropping like a couple hundred dollars, yeah. but it seems cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, so somebody who I um, met um, on Twitter he and he and I ended up, you know, connecting. He got same thing. I spoke to two of my classes, whatever. Um, he was coming out to Phoenix for, as one of the keynote speakers for Digital Summit. And mm-hmm. um, he was like, hey, Chris, he's like, I don't really think I know anybody else in Phoenix. He's like, I know you um, were wanting to come to Digital Summit. He's like, would you like to be my guest? And I got That's to be awesome. like the VIP thing. I got, to, I got to meet Steve Wozniak. He was the, okay. the closing sp- speaker from for the, from Apple. Steve Wozniak. Yes. Okay. I'm like, I know Apple. I've heard that name. I got to yeah. meet him because I got to be in the VIP. That's I mean, insane. Like, all because. It's I, like, don't wash your hands for a week. <laughs> <laughs> Steve shook his hand. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so an, ex- an experience that I would not have had. Totally. If I hadn't made that connection on social media. Same thing. Right. Like, I don't know that I'd call him a friend, but he and I have a, a, a we're acquaintances, have a relationship. Like, I'm, I'm his wife and I follow each other on Twitter and Instagram. Like, you know, yeah. I mean, I, it's part yeah. of the circle. Like, it's. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, so, yeah. So, that's another kind of a cool thing that happened out of it. That's awesome. And, and it's just cool, too. Like, you know, I don't want anyone to, like, misunderstand what's happened. Like, you've earned it 100%. Yeah. Like, you've oh, yeah. earned... I engage with the content. Yeah. I share this content. Yeah. I, you know, I, I build that relationship. Well, just even in but... general, like, you know, um, popularity is, like, a real thing. Um, let, you know, let's be honest. Like, like people joke about Instagram famous. It's, yeah. like, it's a thing. It is. And it is... Um, 
you know, is a big part of like whether or not you're successful on it. You know what I mean? And so, and fame is a little fickle, um, okay. but you have, you know, you've earned that fame. It's not like a one hit wonder thing. It's yeah. like, you've earned it. You've, you know, like I said, you have the resume, you put in the time you've engaged, you did all that. Like you've, you've earned yeah. what, what cool things you've had happen. Yeah. It wasn't an accident. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, they may have felt accidental, right? but, but it's, um, it's the benefits of, it's because you put in the blood, sweat and tears. Mm -hmm. Benefits of, benefits of building a personal brand. That's yeah. something I've been preaching for probably almost five years now yeah. <laughs> of building a personal brand. So that's, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about, cause like, like if I think through like your, your, uh, your Instagram bio, you know, to try to hit some of the things that you're heavily involved in. So you, you talked about the Facebook group and then the name escapes me, but the other company that you, that not company, but like group that you have with that, the girl from yeah, your, creating um, you. Yes, creating yes. you. Okay, yes. yeah. So tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so that was, um, so Allison was, like I said, first student from the first college mm -hmm. I ever taught. Um, she forced me to become her mentor, basically. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, we're having coffee and I want you to, like, you know, help me out or whatever. Right. And so she and I would meet every couple months and we would, you know, text and DM on Instagram. And she did the work herself, but I definitely helped guide her in the right sure. direction to blow, to kind of blow up her Instagram. Yeah. When Instagram stories first started, I made her like get on there. Right. <laughs> I was like, you have a good message. Get, get, and that was what finally grew her account was stories. Right. Um, but so we'd have all these meetings and then one day we were just talking and we both like really want to do workshops. We really want to help like entrepreneurs build their personal brands. And we're like, sure. okay, there's all this about personal brand. There's all this stuff about entrepreneurship. We're not really seeing like the two together. Yeah. What can we do? Well, let's just host a workshop and see what happens. Yeah. And so that was where we started in August of 2018. We you know, came up with the name, tagline, like started, you know, a website, things like that. And we just hosted our first workshop and we hosted monthly workshops for a few months. Then we're like, we should start a podcast. Like people have all, you know, not, we're not reaching enough people, right? Sure. And people are coming and like, they're coming back every month and they're saying that it's valuable and they're bringing friends. And, yeah. and so we're like. So we started a podcast. Yeah. Um, so that was January of 2019. We launched it. And awesome. we haven't missed a... We took off two weeks at the end of De December on purpose. Yes. Other than that, we haven't missed a week. Right. Um, and so we did that. And then we started... We launched an online course last year as well. Because same thing. Like we have all this great content from our podcast, from our workshops. Totally. But people like kind of want it all in one place where they can go yeah. and do that. So we did that. And um, we haven't done... We promoted it well initially, and now we've kind of. We she's an entrepreneur. She's about to open her own gym. She's a volleyball oh, wow. coach, and she has the fitness like she actually designs and sells fitness trainers, um, oh, okay. training plans. Oh wow! So that's how she became a, a fitness influencer because kind of, she actually has done the research. Yeah, and like knows what she's doing. Right, she's part of that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so she's she. So we're both very busy, and so we kind of were like step back a little bit from adding anything more to our plate. Sure. Um, but we love the podcast, continue to grow the podcast. Yeah. And um, in fact, I, we just interviewed Brian Fan, so that was our two weeks ago we released that episode. Oh, cool. <laughs> um, but we're, so we're doing only one interview a month and then three kind of on other topic, like we've kind of oh, sure. themed topics that we're doing. Um, and so, yeah, we're just, we're going to, people keep asking us now because we took a break from the workshops. Yeah. What do you do in your workshops again? I'm like, oh no, okay. <laughs> so much so pressure. We're, so we're trying to figure out, you know, maybe we do like a bigger event, like a, yeah. like a you know, because the workshops are only about an hour and a half. So maybe yeah. we do like a bigger, like four hour event or something once mm -hmm. a quarter or things like that. We're trying to reassess that. But right now, really, our main focus is the online course and the podcast that we do. And so we just, we have a lot of fun together and we really just want to help. 
those like solopreneurs, you know, yeah. they can use their face, their, their personality, their mm-hmm. brand and grow their business. And a lot of them just don't know how to do it. Right. So. Well, and a lot of people, like for me, like I feel like with you, you've intentionally chosen to do a solo thing. Mm-hmm. I think for a lot of people, um, they've kind of hit that ceiling and they don't know how to get around it where it's like, okay, I want to do more work, right. but I need to have enough work to hire someone. But yep. if I hire someone, I know I can do the work, but then I have to justify it. It's like, it's like the <laughs> yes, vicious circle of like, really uh, and it's like, man, it's like, that's like a real threshold um, to break through. And I, I do feel like that's a challenge that a lot of um, solopreneurs have yes. just in my perspective, yeah, even absolutely. especially like in trades. Like I know a guy who's a plumber and it was always like, man, like I'm so busy. I want to like just pass out. Yeah. But at the same time, like, am I that busy plumber. to have another plumber or like part-time or, and then, yeah. then of course, then you're hiring people, you're like processing more paperwork and like yeah. the whole nine yards. It's just yeah. not, it's a whole thing, but um, that's cool that you help them out because yeah. You know, everyone needs help, but yeah. the, you know they're they're on their own figuring it all out yes. <laughs> on their own, like website stuff, design, yeah, uh, promotion, actually doing the work. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's yeah. so much. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's small businesses. You know, that's that's I have such a soft spot for them because yeah. I know I've seen it and I've experienced it of like just trying to do it all is hard. Mm-hmm. So if they could just get a little bit of handholding and guidance of like just focus on this. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> here's what you do over here. Like that it could help them a lot. So totally. So if, um, so I guess like for the last two things is, is one, I would say, um, you're obviously like a motivated person or you wouldn't be able to accomplish as much as you, you have. Um, what for you is like your motivation? If you had to point to a thing or a couple things, like for you, like what gets you excited to like get out of bed in the morning and like go do all of what you do? Yeah. Um, honestly, is I, I, I think it's funny. I, I don't often talk about my faith online just because mm-hmm. I'm not intentionally. I just don't. Um, but I feel like I'm doing like teaching, for example. I, the first time I stepped in that college classroom, I had something I had felt on my heart that I was supposed to try mm, okay. for a long time. And like the first week after I was done teaching my first class, I was like, this is what God called me to do. Like, okay. this is what I was made to do. Like, yeah. it's just like so clear. And now I've, it's evolved. I've learned like when I teach workshops to entrepreneurs all the time too, and small business owners, I'm like, just no matter what it is, like, I feel the most me when I'm teaching. Okay. Um, Which is also why I kind of pursue the online coursing because I just love to teach it. People tell me that I'm apparently a good good at it. You know, I make things sound like understandable. I make Mm -hmm. I make them seem less complicated than they feel like it is. That's truly a skill. Yes. (laughs) Um, So I'm able to take. Oh, here's all this, but no, really, just do this. Mm -hmm. You know, and this is what you need. This is how you do it. Right. Um, So that I think part of it is just like I feel like this is what I was made to do. So that pushes me. Sure. I've always been driven, like, yeah. I mean, I used to, I don't know, I think it's just part of my personality, like, I would be the kid that would come out and be like, mom, did I make my bed good enough? Like, you know, like, <laughs> things like that, like. Questions I've never said out loud, I ever. I came with an A- <laughs> bawling my head out, you know, in seventh yeah. grade, I got an A- minus. my mom's like, it's, it's still an A, and I'm like, right. no, it's like, I think that's just part of who I am, um, but the other thing now is, like, I have kids, you know, I have a daughter mm-hmm. who's eight, and, and she's. such a mini me in a lot of ways but she's actually a very introverted child yeah which has been fun fun to navigate for me sure (laughs) Um, i've learned a lot from her but and a son who's six and i want them to see like you ask them what their number one job is Mm -hmm. is being their mom my mom they know that like and so that's for me they motivate me to be 
successful at what I do yeah. and to work hard because I want them to get that work ethic. I grew up with parents who had a really good work ethic. Yeah. You know, I want them to get that work ethic and see that I work hard um, and that that doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman or whatever, that you, if you're fulfilling your purpose from God, right. that's what matters. Whether that being the best darn stay-at-home mom you can possibly be, if that's your sure. calling, great. Which is a full-time it's job. A, oh, <laughs> I, I was close to a full-time stay-at-home mom and it's yeah. just not my... Like and but I still I I you know my kids are in school now so I work while they're in school yeah. I take them to school I pick them up they have early release I pick them up if they have a field trip I'm there last week I was at school four different times for read across America events wow. and rodeo day and whatever yeah. I volunteer my son's kindergarten class every Thursday morning so they are my number one priority and they know that but they also know that mom is has school work and work and so totally. like it's it's motivating to me to like say no. To some of those things, right? Because mm-hmm. they come first. Yeah. But it's also motivated me to do really well because I want them to be proud of me and I want them to have a model to follow after. Totally. Right. Yeah, because you can't ask them to do something you're not willing to do. So. Exactly. I mean, you exactly. could, but there's <laughs> chances of them doing yeah. this. <laughs> Unlikely. Yeah, kids are much more likely to follow an example than they are to follow words, right? Yes, so. 100%. <laughs> Why? People too. Employees. Shoot. Yeah. yeah. Everybody. My students too. That's why like, they, they don't get away with stuff. Like, right. Because... You know, when it comes to following what I tell them to do, because they know, like, they know I'm a student too. They're like, oh, I was working. Okay, what was I doing? I got my assignment turned in, you know? Right, totally. (laughs) And graded theirs. Yeah, exactly. Jeez. Well, that's that's certainly really cool. I mean, I feel like, um, I lost my train of thought, but, uh, no, that's, that's cool that you, you shared that. I, I appreciate you sharing that, um. Everyone has like different motivations, you know, and uh, I know for me, it's it's always been tough to like to balance between because um, like for me, I guess in my brain, uh, making uh, the money is what helps like fuel the things I want to do that are like the, the faith filled things mm-hmm. like there's like ministries and missionaries and things that people are doing that I love to like sponsor and help out because I feel not to be like, um, negative, but like, I feel like a lot of people are just like, Oh, like I'll pray for you or, Oh, like that's cool. I'll write you a letter. And it's like, okay, well like they need to pay bills. Like they need to dig a well and it costs money to dig a well. Like, sorry, like praying is great and awesome and we're supposed to pray, but like at the end of the day, someone has to write a check for digging a well. Yeah. And so for me, it's like, okay, like the money is like what's got to happen to do the purpose. But sometimes too, you, I forget that the people you meet along the way and the opportunities you have and the things that you do are also part of the ministry right. of your work as well. Right. Um, and it's, it's sometimes I can get so focused on yeah. what I'm doing that I like miss all that. You know what yeah. I mean? And you, <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, yeah, no, but that's what the money you're right. Yeah. Cause you know, that's, we need money to fund all those things. And that's, yeah. I mean, we, you know, we tithe every month. We give to a couple Christian charities. Mm-hmm. You know, we, um, you know, and, and the bo- every time like my husband just got a bonus, he got his 2019 bonus finally. And it's like, oh, okay, here goes to the, you know, yeah. that thing. And so the money is important for those things. But yeah, totally. you can also be doing your ministry all day, every day. Like, I mean, that's, um, everybody knows, like all my students, even the community college, they all know I'm Christian. Yeah. Like, and so when they see how I am with them and how I'm caring towards them, how I learned all, you know, 24 of their names by the second class, yeah. you know, and that I call them by name and that I check on them when they haven't turned their assignment for a week. And when they see all that, 
they're, you know, they're, that's ministering to them. Totally. And that's, that's sharing the gospel with them in, in actions, you know? <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> so. As opposed, yeah, as opposed to just like, uh, what's, what's the Bible verse, uh, 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 be warm and be filled and yeah. you know God bless you and yeah. it's like no like if you have a coat you give it to them right. like if you can feed them you feed them because right. that's what like actually caring for yeah. someone is and like, like I just finished <laughs> serving six months as a Sunday school teacher at yeah. church and like or like but yeah you know like the number one thing I hear from students about what makes a good professor is mm. that they care about the students yeah the number one compliment and review I get from all my students is that I actually care about them that's awesome so it's like because I because they see that, then they're willing to listen to me, right? Totally. Without that, they're kind of like, oh, whatever, cool. She has, she worked at some cool agencies. She does some cool stuff, right? Right. But because I care about them, You're like I am cool, but I also <laughs> care. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's super cool. I mean, like even Sam and I, we 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 don't go to the same church, but we you know we've done so much work like video work for like churches because oh, they always awesome. need oh, stuff they like do. that. They do. Um, you no, know, like. You know, developing high school kids, junior high kids to like do all these technical things and like developing yeah. those, them so as people. And it's, it's super fun and super awesome. And, and it's awesome to have those ministry opportunities or sometimes you get to do things that maybe you shouldn't be doing, yeah. but because no one else yes. is there that they can yes. pay to do it. Then all yep. of a sudden it's like, Hey, guess what you're doing? And it's like, all right, like, yep. I guess I'm going to learn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you get to learn a lot. Yes. A hundred percent. You get to have responsibility you haven't earned yet per yep. se, but uh, then Been you get to learn that. a bunch of stuff. So. It's yep. awesome. Cool. Well, thank you so much for sharing. Um, so glad you're able to show, share some of your yeah. tips, show your st- story, um, and just share like your whole process of how you've been through this social media <laughs> yeah. journey. Um, it's been really cool to hear you share. So thank you so much yeah. for being on. Thank you for having me. It's really fun. Yeah, it's um, it's good to have you on. So you're you're good people, and it's just so awesome to make another great connection with someone who's doing cool things in Arizona. You know, for what sure. so. For sure. Awesome. Um, Well, thank you guys for watching. I hope you guys uh, enjoyed it and it was helpful. And uh, definitely uh, catch this episode and more episodes that we've had before uh, to be able to check out more marketing tips and tricks. And thank you for watching. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Digital Hustle Show. My name is Stephen Burkhart with Burkhart Creative Agency. And one of the things that my agency really believes in is helping business owners achieve their goals and their dreams. Every business owner starts out with something in mind, a goal, or something they want to do with their lives, and sometimes they just don't always know all the steps to get there. I interview other small business owners, marketers, and other people that I think will be able to give you the tips and the tricks needed to build your business. It's one of the things we believe in, and that's why we do this show. Thank you so much for listening, and please, at the end of it, if you've enjoyed it and it's been helpful, share it with someone that would benefit from this. Thank you so much.